Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. Good afternoon or good morning whenever you are listening to this. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to be discussing the lives of birth mothers, what they really look like, why it's important to understand where they're coming from, why these women are choosing adoption, and what adoption really means to birth mothers. This is a topic that I am very passionate about when I talk about the life of a birth mother. I get to incorporate the life of my own birth mother. Right. I think this is a platform that I get to share personal experience. And when we lost my birth mother at the age of 59, mm-hmm. and my husband promised her that her life's meaning wasn't over, and this was just the beginning, this is an opportunity to make good on those words. In working with birth mothers over the past 15 years, I can say that they are all different. Every birth mother is special, unique, very much like a snowflake. They all have different reasons. They come, they have different life stories. Nobody's adoption walk or journey is the same as another woman's. There are commonalities among birth mothers, and we will discuss some of those commonalities. But I really want to emphasize that every single human that walks into our agency with the choice of adoption is different. They're all individuals. There's all individuals. there's no two that are exactly alike ever. Absolutely. Even twins. They all have their own fingerprint, and that's what we need to remember. When we stereotype or group them together as a whole, it takes away from their individuality. Okay. And I think we need to celebrate that aspect. Some of the commonalities among birth mothers that we see as an agency are the lack of financial stability. And that's a big factor when a woman is facing an unplanned pregnancy and is making an adoption choice. Mm -hmm. Some of the women are homeless, and we've had women who come into our agency who have been sleeping in the park. They've been sleeping behind a air conditioning unit or in the alcove of an apartment complex stairs. Other reasons for choosing adoption rather than parenting are domestic violence. Some of them are involved with Child Protective Services. In Arizona, we now refer to Child Protective Services as the Department of Child Safety. 
and they are choosing to place their baby in a home with a loving adoptive family rather than into the foster care system. Other reasons for choosing adoption would include the inability to parent the way that they want their child parented, drug use. That's a huge factor, drug abuse and and addiction. Yeah. Those are tough ones. Yeah. And they want to break the negative cycle that they're experiencing in their own lives by placing their daughter or son with a family that can provide the lifestyle that they want to choose for their child. Mm -hmm. And again, we've talked over and over again what a selfless choice that is because that's not an easy choice on a biological mother. But I think in the long term, as they watch that child, especially if it's a semi-open or open adoption, as they watch that child achieve and grow, I think they look back on that decision with pride and I would hope, you know, with just a wonderful feeling. Absolutely. You know? And and in a semi-open or open adoption, mm-hmm. that gives them that reassurance right. of the amazing choice that they They made. get to see that progress. It's fantastic. You know, the ages of birth mothers that come to our agency are between 13 and 45. Mm-hmm. The average age, if you were to take all of the ages of the birth mothers, I would say are between 22 and 32. Okay, that's average. That's average. That right. 10 years span. Yes. Okay. And again, we see them at any age between 13 and 45, but the right. majority range between 22 and 32. Okay. Some of the birth mothers that come to us have placed a baby for adoption prior. Mm-hmm. Some of them have had an abortion or multiple abortions prior to coming to the agency. Right. When we speak with those women that have had abortions, and it could be a singular abortion or multiple abortions, they often will state that they didn't know about adoption resources mm-hmm. and where to go and, and how to start the adoption process. And so that is something that we do address in other podcasts about the You Before Me campaign. Right. And I've talked about this before, and I can kind of think that's where I was when I was young. And at the time, she was my girlfriend, but she uh, had my first wife had actually two abortions. And I didn't search it out. And we didn't have the Internet, but that's not, not an excuse. It's not right. I didn't search out adoption. I didn't even consider it. Um, I knew that adoption existed, but I didn't think that that was what you did when you're, you know, 20 years old and facing this decision. The only choices that I thought were there in my mind were abortion or raising the child, which we weren't prepared for. And so I, it's heartbreaking to look back on now. When you do look back on that now, yeah. do you mind sharing the difference in your thoughts then versus now. And I know you did that a little bit, but but when you, is it a loss? When is I look there, back on is it? Is there somebody in your mind that's missing? Like when you look at yes. a picture, is somebody missing? I, I uh, was talking about it just this morning and it was weird in my mind because that's always a baby. And I, I said that John could have had a little brother, but no, honestly, John would have had an older brother to help guide him in like an older brother does or an older sister, you know, look out for him and take care of him. But I still, in my head, always think of it as younger than John because it never, it had the potential, but it was never realized. Yeah. And so, yeah, I look back 
a lot about that. It's affected my life. And it's had, not just a short-term thing. Right. It wasn't a short-term thing. It place. was expedient at the time, but it's not. And had, had you had the information and the knowledge about adoption, even if the child had been a girl or a boy mm-hmm. and they hadn't been raised together, they could have had a relationship later in life like right. I do with my, with my biological siblings. Certainly. And I reunited with them and have a relationship with them to this day. And so I think that's really hard. And I think that you sharing your story is brave. And I think that you are helping not only our listeners who are hearing your story, mm-hmm. but oftentimes birth fathers go unrecognized. And their value is not, it's not given the importance and the attention that it deserves. Right. We often hear about the woman's choice, the woman. And I'm not degrading that at all. I think that both of the people involved, you know, as the birth parents um, are affected in the long term. It's not only the mother who's affected it's not only the father it's both of them and obviously a life a potential that's not realized is affected and uh, yeah i i wish there was more. i hope that what we're doing now is getting the information out there about adoption to people who are in this situation i i just really want them to know there are three choices and i think Two of them are more proper than one. <laughs> not to, uh, I'm not trying to push my views on anybody, but I truly think that this has affected me. Well, I think because you've had the experience, I think that it is very, it is fair for you to be able to state your opinion. Mm-hmm. Thank because you. both of us, I think I can say, believe that it's a baby at conception. Mm-hmm. And that, in essence, makes you a birth father to that child. Right. And so with you being open and willing to share your feelings, you are in essence reaching back your hand to other birth fathers who are faced with the predicament that you were in. Right. You're giving them the long-term feelings because right now they're in short term. Yeah. They're like, okay, this is, this is a quick fix, but it's, that's not all it is. There's, there's more to it. And, there are longer term consequences to decisions. And you are somebody who can speak from experience. And that's what's so powerful. And that's why your voice is so important when we're talking about adoption and abortion. Mm -hmm. I can't look somebody in the face and say, I can experience those feelings. I can say that I have held my birth mother's hand and have had her talk to me about what adoption was like for her. Right. I have held other birth mothers' hands and have walked with them through their adoption journey. And I've held birth mothers' hands as they described what an abortion was like. Right. And how hard it was on them. But you are able to, as a birth father, Mm -hmm. describe the aftermath. I think it's interesting to compare, for instance, your story. I think your birth mother, through the years, especially when you got to know her and she got to see what you've become, I think she has good feelings about the decision she made. I wish I could. Whereas I look back, I regret 
what we did. And uh, yeah, so it's hard. It is very hard. So that, but you, when you contrast the two long-term effects, I, I think it's a drastic difference, and it's important to look at. I, I absolutely agree, and I do think it's a drastic difference. And I also I, I want to state publicly that my birth mother, I don't think, really looked back during her lifetime. Mm-hmm at adoption as a, as a positive experience as a whole. There really? were aspects oh, okay. that she was very proud of. She was very proud of who I became mm-hmm. and who I was and what I've done with my life. But because she had a closed adoption and she didn't have aftercare services, she was never able to recover from the traumatic experience of never being able to see her baby, right. never being able to say goodbye, not understanding where her baby went, who was raising her baby Mm -hmm. back in 1973. Those were not options that were common, right? It was closed adoption and there, she didn't get to, uh, unfortunately take advantage of the Donna K Evans foundation. Right. And many of the other things that are available now. Absolutely. She wasn't provided with counseling. She wasn't provided with a support system. Mm -hmm. She, in, in that day and age, women were sent away to homes to have babies and come back and, she right. wasn't sent away to a home to come back because, again, there wasn't knowledge that I existed until three weeks before I was born. Wow. A funny story on that note is she was a 15-year-old that had me at 16. She was 15 mm-hmm. when she was pregnant. The right. majority of her pregnancy was at when she was the age 15 of 15. Years old. Correct. And when they found out that she was pregnant with me, they had thought that I may be born on Christmas Day. Oh. And... She told me years later, she said, as proud as could be, had you been born on Christmas Day, I was going to name you Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really know what to think when she said that. I think I I'm just a little smiled. taken aback. Right. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I could be doing a podcast with Jesus. Uh, you could. Yes. And it's no um, it's no disrespect. It was. Heartfelt. In the mind, it was. It was definitely something that um, that I, I found endearing. You lightened it up a little bit in here because I was getting a little misty. I'm doing better now. Thank you. But again, and I'm not trying to preach anything, mm-hmm. I think if you weren't teared up or you weren't misty about it, then I think that you wouldn't really be honest with yourself. Right. And you wouldn't be honest with our listeners because that's where you are. I think yeah. embracing it and being true to who you are and true to what you believe in, that's where you have to be. Yeah. And I got to say, I thank you for this podcast because I've never been this open about that. I've just kept it in. It, it gives you a forum and I hope it gives you an opportunity to say, Hey, I did something that I regret. Mm-hmm. And Don't hopefully somebody do, right, listens. Listen to me. Don't walk the walk that I've walked because this is where I am now. Right. And we've talked about Maya Angelou. She says, develop enough courage so that you can stand up for yourself and then stand up for somebody else. I think you're doing that in sharing your story because you're standing up for all the men that don't have a voice on a podcast and they get to, to hear you and hear your story. I think you should be proud of yourself because you have bravely step forward and own something that you look back at as a mistake. Right. 
and you're able to share that. So I think that's incredible. All right. Because every birth mother who comes into our program is like a snowflake, I make sure I meet with each and every one of them. I want them to see that I am a real person just like them. They're not a number when they come to our agency. Uh, I have a title in the agency that can be deemed by some as intimidating, Mm -hmm. and I want them to see that I am me. I'm not my title. You're not the man. No. As it is. Right, right, right. Or the woman. Come on. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm not. I'm just a girl that was the product of a domestic adoption. And And you're the positive outcome that they need to see as, wow, this child can achieve. Exactly. And I explained that I very well may be sitting on the opposite side of the desk. Mm -hmm. Had I not been adopted, we don't know. I want them to understand that adoption brings hope. I had a great childhood. I had a loving adoptive family. And my experience was such that I want to reach out to other women that are being given the choice of adoption. I also want every woman that comes into our agency to know that I do care about them Mm -hmm. and I want to walk this journey with them and I am somebody that they can call if they choose to. I still answer the birth mother line after 15 years and I do that because I want to be the first person that talks to them when they are making that incredibly hard phone call and that just makes me real. My name's Deborah, and I placed my son up for adoption in 2015, and it was with Building Arizona Families. They were amazing. The staff was friendly. They helped me a lot through the transition of going through all this. And I didn't feel forced ever. They've always been beside me, not judgmental, and it helped me a lot because I was ready to turn around and go out the door. I chose adoption because I was stressed out and wondering what I was going to do, what step I was going to take next because I was in a bad situation. At the time, my son was nine months. I was facing losing him or not being able to care for both the way they needed to be cared for. And I didn't feel it was fair to take from my son who was already there and not think about how it was going to affect everyone. If you look at it and step out of the box and look at it from an outsider's view, you know, are you going to be people walking up and seeing, you know, your kids or you in a situation that you're not ready for or that you're just not capable of having at that point in time in your life to reach out and talk to somebody, even just talking, coming in and talking to any of you, any of the staff here, whatever you need it, that's, you're needing at the time. And then you have time to think about it if you aren't really sure, but do what's best for your kid and for yourself. Because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid. And that's not fair. What I like best about building Arizona families is I was able to relate with my case manager she was just amazing and I still love her to this day that's what I like best thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by Ron Rains. we also want to thank Building Arizona Families the Donna K. Evans Foundation and the You Before Me campaign a special thanks goes out to Grapes for letting us use their song I Don't Know as our theme song you can check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com for Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains. we'll see you then